So we're going to have fun this morning. Can we do that? All right, we've got all the kids here. We want to have fun. We want to enjoy ourselves. We want to laugh a little, learn a little, all those types of things. Um, and one thing I want to start with is I save the children's prayer because I'd like all of us to pray for our kids together. Even though they're going to be in here, we're not sending them out. Would you join me in praying? God, our Father, you see your children growing up in an unsteady and confusing world. Show them that your ways give more life than the ways of the world, and that following you is better than chasing after selfish goals. Help them to take failure, not as a measure of their worth, but as a chance for a new start. Give them strength to hold their faith in you and to keep alive their joy in your creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And Father, I ask that you would take the heart of that prayer and make it true for all of us. Lord, that as we hear your word this morning, we would be encouraged and inspired and challenged and we would learn and we would be transformed more into the image of Christ. Lord, equip and encourage us in all areas to live kingdom first every day of every week of every year for your honor and glory. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. So I didn't preach last week. I'm sitting right there. Father Andy got up and he got all vulnerable with you. He decided to confess something. And as I sat there, I felt the conviction. If he is going to do this, I need to be man enough to get up and confess also. So I have a confession for you this morning. I like musicals too. <laughs> I actually have a deeper confession. Um, so Andy mentioned Pitch Perfect. My family loves Pitch Perfect. In fact, I have meetings at night sometimes where I'm going, I'm usually meeting people for church, and I will come home and my wife and my daughter have put the boys to bed, but they are on the couch watching Pitch Perfect. I come in, and occasionally my wife will do something like, they'll pause, and she'll say, do you, guys, do you want us to stop? We're just watching this, waiting for you to get home. No, that's okay, it's fine. And then I meander for a moment. Just watch a little. But before they notice, I notice that there are some dishes to do. And so I head back, and I start doing the dishes. And like 10 minutes later, my wife says, you know, there are only two plates in the sink. What are you doing back there? I'm cleaning thoroughly, very thoroughly. Um, all right, please don't tell my family this. <laughs> Pitch Perfect's really good. <laughs> like, it's really good. Um, and like, I have a reputation to protect, so I don't want them to know that because they're going to make me watch it now, like with them instead of as I wander in and out of the room watching it. But musicals, they're fun. Um, they're inspiring. They're, um, they, they bring a certain amount of joy. They're like, they're different from our lives. Uh, in fact, they're different in a way that I kind of wish actually worked in life. I mean, here's the key to musicals, right? The song does it all. The song is how they work through problems. The song is how they learn things about themselves. Like, no matter what it is, 
It just takes a song, and by the time they're to the end, like four minutes, everything is better. It's been solved. It's been figured out. So how many of you have seen The Greatest Show? The rest of you should see it if you haven't. Um, really good. You know, a new musical. And there's a scene in there where this happens. P.T. Barnum is trying to get, let me see if I get it right, Philip Carlyle, trying to get him to join the circus. Now, P.T. Barnum at this point in the show has nothing, and he's going to perform this circus full of weird things and like all And the other guy is rich, and he's in line for inheritance, and he spends all of his time doing all of these rich people things, and he has a great life. Now, in normal life, when P.T. Barnum comes up and says, hey, you want to give all that up and come join the circus? It's going to take a little bit more than four minutes of singing. And yet, that's exactly what happens. He starts off, he's like, hey, come join me, blah, 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 he's singing. He goes, not a chance. I have all of this stuff. And he goes, oh, but it's like this. Well, okay, great. <laughs> and he's going to do it for 10%. Give up his entire inheritance everything for 10%. You can only get that in a musical <laughs> by a song. But I started thinking, what if we could actually use this in life? What if the real answer to all of our problems was just singing a song? So my daughter came home, and she was with my wife, and on her way home, she was talking about how much homework she had. She's like, I have so many hours of homework, and I've got all these tests coming up, and students, ever have that issue? Let me see hands. Way too much homework. <laughs> Even college students, yes, way too much homework. Now, what you may think the answer is, is you got to buckle down. You got to like go, you know, get away. You got to get that hours in there. You got to get all that studying in there, eat right, get enough sleep, all this stuff. Let me tell you, that is not the answer. The answer is a song. <laughs> all you kids got to do is sing, okay? Something a little bit like this. Ready? Are you sure? All right. I wish I had some music behind me. You have to listen to me a cappella. All right, here's my homework song. No, no, stop, not yet. Oh, ignore that. Um, that'll come up later. Um, I actually have a homework song. All right. You know, all right. I've got homework for hours. It makes me very sour. How can I do this and this and that? But if I just sing this song, I know it will all be gone. And then I can sleep and sleep till dawn. And I'll get straight A's. <laughs> That's it, kids. Just sing a song. Right, it works in musicals. And imagining parents, you might be able to do it for like when your kids are fighting, you can't get them to stop, just sing to them, and there'll be peace in the house. I mean, just use it all over the place. Now, that song you just heard, which you're going to hear in a moment, this is what I was thinking. If musicals work that well and songs work that well, I would like to start every one of my sermons from now on with this intro song.
So, all right, go ahead and turn that off. Just listen to these lyrics and think about my sermon. Don't fight it. It's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment. Don't care what comes after. Your fever dream, you can't stop getting closer. Just surrender because you feel the feeling taking over. It's fire, it's freedom, it's flooding open. It's a preacher in the pulpit, and you'll find devotion. There's something breaking at the brick of every wall. It's holding all that you know. So tell me you don't want to go. Impossible coming true, intoxicating you. This is the greatest show. Yeah! Yeah, Yeah, that's what I've decided I want to do for all my sermons, to start them off. All right. Musicals. Songs. In musicals, the songs like transform everything. They, they help them see things they didn't see before. They help people come together. I mean, they transform things. Problem is, at least as far as I'm aware, we can't just sing our way into things in life. I know. However, this morning, and kids, Students and adults, this is to everybody. There is a call in our lives from God that is as transformative as a song in a musical. There's a call in our lives where God is actually, come on, like I'm calling you, kids, students, adults, everybody, There's a summons, an invitation by God to join him, And it's as powerful as any song in a musical. And that's what I'm gonna talk about this morning. I wanna talk about God's call. Kids, God's call is when he summons or invites us to participate with him. That's his call. And I want to talk about two of them very briefly. There's a general call that every Christian in this room has. A general call where God says, I want you to be like my son. And if you're a believer in Jesus, that call is in your life. To be like Christ. To love God. To love your neighbor to follow his commands, to serve him. We would say here to live kingdom first. There's a general call in everybody's life if you're a believer in Jesus. But there are also specific calls that individuals get, maybe more than one throughout your life. Some may be really big, some may be small, but you get calls from God to join him. You get calls that might involve a job. Maybe you get called into a mission trip. Maybe you get called into a particular group of people so that you can be the light of Christ for them. There are all these ways in which God is drawing us into his work, what he's about. And here is what I want to say. While we can't, in general... Just break out into song and then have all of these spontaneously choreographed things going on all around us by our neighbors. And at the end of the four minutes, everything is solved. 
Here's what we can have when we are walking in God's call. There is a life and an energy. There's a satisfaction because what we know is we are about something bigger than us. We're about something that we were made for and we're doing things that can make an eternal difference. That is God's song calling us. And so I just have one question I want to answer this morning. How do we hear that call? Kids, how do we hear that call? Students, how do we hear that call? Adults, many of us have been struggling with this most of our life. How do we hear that call? How do we hear God's song calling us to work with him? That's my question. Open up your Bible, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is the call of a young man. It fits well to have kids, students, all of you in it. This is the call of a young man by God, a very specific call in his life, to come join God in his work. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Young man Samuel, maybe middle school. Um, We know he has five siblings from the previous chapter after him, so he's not a little tyke. He's been going for a while, but he's a young man, and he's ministering to the Lord because his mother gave him to the temple to serve Yahweh. And here he is doing his job. And he is about to get a call. And here's what I want to say. If you want to hear God's call, there can be no barriers of age. This is a young man who is about to hear the audible voice of God. And his age does not stand in the way. Because God calls people at all ages God can use people at all ages, whether you are four or six or 10 or 13 or 85. God can use people at all ages. And the barrier becomes us when we start thinking, and maybe it's a kid who says, I'm not really old enough to do anything right now. I'm going to let my parents take care of this. Or different barriers, parents who think, Maybe I'm too old for this. Maybe I don't have the right riches. I'm too poor. Maybe I've had such a bad past that I'm not really sure God can do much with me. Whether it is racial, socioeconomic, age, gender, it doesn't matter. We put those barriers up and make it harder for us to hear God. But God does not have those barriers. Kids, God can call you at the age you are right now. And he can do amazing things with you. I want to tell you about three charities. One is called the Ladybug Foundation. The Ladybug Foundation has given over $2 million 
to help the homeless in Canada. Second foundation, free the children. They're known as we now. And free the children, or we, they have over 2.3 million youth raising money, helping to build villages. I mean, doing amazing work all over the world. Youth. No, that's not including any adults. Over 2.3 million youth doing this. And then there's Alex's Lemonade Stand. Kids, how many of you like lemonade? How many of you have done a lemonade stand before? Only a few. All right, well, uh, and, and Kathy. Kathy's done it too. Alex's Lemonade Stand has raised $75 million and they have funded 365 research projects to try to eliminate childhood cancer. Right, so you hear all these big numbers and all these amazing things they're doing. Let me tell you about those, the founders of these organizations. The Ladybug Foundation was founded by Hannah Taylor. When she was four years old, she saw a homeless man eating out of a trash can and wanted to do something about it. When she was eight, she started the Ladybug Foundation. 14 years later, over $2 million has been raised. Eight years old, kids. The Free the Children, or the We Foundation, it was started by a guy named Craig and his brother Mark. Craig was 12 years old when you read the story of another 12-year-old on the other side of the world who was trying to help kids get out of slavery. This kid, for speaking out, ended up getting captured himself. And Craig wanted to do something about it. You know what he did? He gathered seven middle schoolers. And they started Free the Children. And now, 20 years later, over 2 million youth are doing ministry from this organization. Now, Alex's lemonade stand, closer to home for me. Alex was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, same thing as our daughter, before she was one years old. When she was four, she decided she wanted to do a lemonade stand to help other kids with cancer. Four years old, she started a lemonade stand. By the time she was eight, they had raised over a million dollars through lemonade stands. She passed away from her disease when she was eight. But the foundation kept going, and between 2004 and now, $74 million. God can use all ages. Kids, don't let your age be a barrier to what God can do. You too can hear a call from him. You too can be used and serve. Parents, doesn't matter how far along we've gone, God can still use us. I could tell you story after story of people in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s where God is still doing ministry. Age is not a barrier. Race is not a barrier. Gender is not a barrier. Socioeconomic is not a barrier. God can still use us. We can still hear the call. All right. Number two, look back at your Bible. And while I'm reading this, if I could get my couple of volunteers to go to the back for me. 
Verse two, at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. All right, Eli is in his place, and he's far enough away, wherever the place is, that he does not hear the voice that Samuel hears. But notice where Samuel is. Samuel is where the ark of God was. You want to hear God's call? The closer you are to the Lord, the louder the call will be. The closer you are to God, the louder the call will be. Now, God can call anybody at any point, no matter what the distance, no matter what the barriers, right? When Abraham was called, he was a pagan. When Paul was called, he was persecuting Jesus. However, there's also story after story of those who are drawing near to God and they're hearing God's call. The closer you are to God, the louder the call can be, right? How do you get close? Let me give you a couple things. And, and kids, I want you to hear this. You get close to the Lord in a number of ways. Number one, what you are doing right now. Do you know that when we gather together as a body to worship, to hear the Bible, to come and to take communion, to sing worship to the Lord, when we pray together, we are right now drawing close to God. I, I bet I could ask every parent in this room, every adult in this room, if you have had a Sunday morning where you finished the sermon and you went, that was for me. God was speaking to me right there. Because this is one of the places where we draw near to God by drawing together. Right? Church is not a social club. Church is not something that's a ritual that we just do because it's Sunday morning. This is the place where the body of Christ comes together to worship, to hear the word, to be, and to be close to the Lord. And he often speaks in this context. That's one. Number two, just being in his word, regularly being in his word. This is drawing close to God. And I'm not talking about getting in here and necessarily doing really deep theological studies all of the time. I'm just talking about being in God's word. I'll give you another one. When you obey the Lord, you draw close to him. When you're serving and you're doing the things that he's laid out for us, you're drawing close to him. In fact, Jesus says that's how you love God, by obeying the commandments. All of these things are ways that we draw close to God. And let me show you what it's like. All right, got some volunteers back here. All right, guys, I want you to tell me if you can feel this. No? All right, let me turn up the power a little. Can you feel it? No? All right, why don't you come forward a little bit? Maybe come all the way to the first row there. Right there. All right, can you feel it now? No? How about with superpower? The thing on the floor feels it. 
Oh, I saw his hair. All right, come forward a little more. Maybe three, couple rows, keep going, keep going, stop right there. All right, now can you feel it? No? Superpower? All right, okay. Come all the way up, keep coming, keep coming. Walk forward, walk forward, walk forward, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, and stop. All right, notice the proximity. They're getting closer. Now can you feel it? I mean, we can see it. You can see it on your shirts. You can see it in his hair, watch this. Ooh, look at that. I can move his hair. All right, all right, keep coming, just walk forward. Look at that. And what are you guys feeling now? Feeling it? You can see their clothes moving. There it is. Because here's the thing. The closer you are to God, not only the more that you feel, sense, and hear him, but the more his activity in your life can be seen by others. The closer we are to God, the louder the call, the easier it is to hear, and the more that others see God working in our lives. Draw close. Thank you, guys. And one more. Don't let your age be a barrier or anything else. Draw close to God. And number three, you're going to need patience, which I'm pretty sure is just as hard for adults as it is for kids especially for parents. Patience is not easy. Verse four. And the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you've called me. But he said, I did not call you, lie down again. And so he went, Samuel, and he lied down again. And then the Lord called again, Samuel, and Samuel arose, and he went to Eli, and he said, here I am, for you called me. But he said again, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Can I say something to you? Another thing that is not a barrier is how much you know the Lord. This young man here, he served as his knowledge was. He drew close to the Lord as he could, and yet even the, even the text says he didn't quite know God yet. Right? It's not a barrier even then. Verse 16, or 10, sorry, uh, I, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm losing my place here. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Three times. It took three times for the young man and for the old man for this thing to happen. Now, this uh, two weeks ago, last, last week, last Saturday, um, my kids and I, we made a flower bed. Now, we had this big backyard with nothing in it. Great for running around and going crazy, but there's nothing in it. And so I decided to plant a flower bed. So we made this big flower bed. Went and got all these flowers and began planting. Now, I don't know about you, but this is how I do flower beds. You plant the big things first, 
then you plant the little things. Because otherwise, I'm liable to trample the little things, or like as I'm digging up for the big things, I'm like knocking the little ones over. But I have this amazing, wonderful five-year-old who is in the service for the first time today because he's going into kindergarten. And my five-year-old really, really wanted to plant the pretty flowers. Now, I don't blame him. They were pretty, and he was too small to do the big flowers. And so, he grabs one of the little flowers, and he begins walking toward the flower bed. I'm going to plant this. Nope, stop. You cannot plant that right now, right? We got to get the big ones planted first. When we're done with the big ones, then you can plant the little one. So a little while later, he picks up the little flower. Can I plant the little flower now? No. It's hot. I'm sweating. This is hard ground. This is hard work. No, you have to wait. Do you not understand? You have to wait until we get all the big flowers planted. So he puts it down, almost in tears, because I'm a bad dad. (laughs) And then partway through, to his credit again, we were almost done. He picks up one of the flowers, and he starts walking toward the flower bed. (laughs) And I lost it. I mean, I lost it. I'm, I'm terribly embarrassed, but I'm like, what are you doing? Do you not understand? We have to do all of these flowers first, not this one. Would you put that flower down? And my poor little boy is like frozen, solid, paralyzed because daddy's yelling at him at 7.30 in the morning in the neighborhood. Can I tell you that if I had been Eli, the call would never have happened? <laughs> Go back to bed, you dumb kid. I'm trying to sleep. I mean, that's exactly what I would have done. Um, No patience. But I'm going to tell you, you want to hear the call of God? It's going to take patience. It's going to take some patience in the hearing, and it may take some patience in the fulfilling. Um, I'm standing here today because I was called into the priesthood and because I was called to plant this church. But the calling into the priesthood took years in fact, since I you know, somewhat you know, embarrassed my poor little boy, if it wasn't for my wife and for the Eisenbergs, I'm not positive I would have gone down this path because they were all telling me, you need to be in ministry. I was teaching at the time. You need to go into ministry. The call took a while, and it took me listening. And, it took, and I'm like meandering at places and trying to figure things out. Have you ever had the feeling like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, man, I had the feeling all the time. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Planning this church, it was not like we woke up one day and went, yeah, let's go do it. I mean, it was like gathering people and we're praying, we're working through things. And I mean, because the call takes some patience because it takes some time. And here's the thing, my call to plant this church isn't over yet. Like we're coming up on five years and we're still going. Like I'm still waiting for like the, no, it's still going. We're still getting the call, still planting. I'm... The call of God can take patience. So, God's call in our lives, it can be as powerful as the song in a musical, where it can give us purpose and hope. It can help us feel like we're actually doing something bigger. It moves and animates us. And everybody in this room, you have a call, And you can have specific calls no matter your age. Age is not a barrier. However, we need to draw near to him because the closer we are, 
the louder that call is. And we need to have patience. Because without patience, you'll likely give up before it's too late. Abraham, two decades before he got to see that kid. I mean, talk about patience. I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50. You can still be fulfilling a call that God has in your life. Moses is 80 before he goes back to Egypt. 80! Patience. Sometimes we need patience. But you combine all of that with faith, and you know what's happening right here? This is a lifelong call for Samuel. This is the beginning of God working in his life for the rest of his life at this young age. Kids, God can start right now and be working the rest of your life. That is part of the call. That flower bed, it was hard. It was hard work, super hard work. Um, Planting a flower bed in this soil, in this heat, it's awful. Because, I mean, you gotta gotta till everything. You gotta dig those holes big enough so they fit all the plants in there. You gotta get all the special soil and put in there so there's nutrients. You gotta yell at your kids when they do things wrong. I mean, all of it. Well, I did all of that on Saturday. And then we left. And I came back that afternoon. And do you know how my flowers rewarded me for all my hard work? They're like drooping. They're like touching the ground, looking like I had assaulted them or something. Like I did everything for you. I tilled you and dug correctly and watered you and like yelled at my kids and I did everything. And this is what I get. And then here's the greatest part. Two days later, I'm taking my kids to school. I'm driving down Stonebrook, heading towards Legacy. Do you know what's on the side of the road? There's a half mile of the most beautiful sunflowers you've ever seen. Half mile. And you know what? No tilling. None. No tilling. No digging. No digging at all. No watering. No, no yelling at kids. None of that even. None of it. And you know what? They are beautiful. And I'm driving down going, those are awesome. And then I went, come on, God. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, have you seen the amount of work I put into this? And like, this is, can, can you just maybe like bless my flower bed a little bit? And then I thought, I need to be singing to my flowers, right? <laughs> I'm write a musical for them. That would do it. They just bloom right up. <laughs> Here's the thing. You and I on our own, we can create something that is beautiful but it will never be as beautiful as what God can do in our lives. Never. When you are following what God has for you, what is possible is far beyond what you'll ever do on your own. And it's sad because if you drive down Stonebrook right now, on Thursday they hacked them all down. There's like one or two little stragglers that are like barely holding on to life. That's it, they're all gone. You know why? Because they're building homes. Because they're doing their thing. Are you doing your thing or his thing? His thing will always be better. It may be hard. I mean, what Samuel has to do here is hard. He's got to give Eli some pretty bad news. Um, It's not easy. But it will always be better in the long run because we are made by God. And when we step into what he has for us, 
the way he's designed us, and the way he's called us, it will always be a better musical than what we can do on our own. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your amazing love and for your call in each and every life in this room. Lord, I pray especially for all of those who would feel like you could not call them. I would pray that the barriers would be gone, that you draw them to yourself and they'd have the patience to listen and to follow. Lord, I pray for those who feel like they are beyond, like it has gone too far. Lord, those that may be frustrated, that you would grant them the patience and the knowledge to know that you call and you're drawing them. And Lord, I pray for every child, every student who hears my voice, that they would hear your voice. Lord, that they would know that you want them and that you can do amazing things with our kids. Lord, use us, we pray, for your honor and glory and for our good and for the good of this wonderful world that you have made. In Jesus' name, amen.